That combo with Greg Williams yesterday was so good. You can find it at 92throughthefan.com. Also use the rewind function in the Odyssey app. You can go back 72 hours if you so wish to listen to things you might have missed. Right now, though, you don't want to miss the next segment, which, of course, 9 o'clock, always reserved on Overtime with Jonathan Peterlin for the Fan Focus. All righty. First up, we go to the morning show. Ken and JP, whose voice you normally hear at this time of night, talking about the difference between Deshaun being successful and the Browns winning. But yesterday, we were talking about some people get And I didn't realize why people were coming at me. I didn't hear you. No offense. I went to bed. Well, where buys. were you, Ken? Oh, in sleep? I okay. wake up very early. I Last apologize. I was asleep at like 8.30. I get it. That's nice. Congratulations on all your success. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize. Okay, that you might have, have been. Capability to go to sleep but, at eight thirty. But that might have been. That might have been why some people were a little bit sensitive because I, I kept saying at the very tippy top, winning is job one. That's my entire goal is win. Everything else we'll figure out. My thought of it was, hey, you win and he plays well. You're gonna feel that much better about the rest of the season. Right, I took the long term. You're going to feel that much better about what the what the future holds for this football team. I, I took the long-term approach, right? Like, like what if, was that? If Deshaun Watson was great out of the gate, then I don't have to worry about having a great quarterback for the next four years. I don't have to worry okay. about it at all. If he's great out of the gate, but was that he's more not going to go backwards. Was that more important than winning? But obviously, I think I was wrong about that one, Ken. At least I, I, my interpretation of it. I, in so that's I, why they got all upset with me yesterday. In hindsight, did people get mad at you yesterday or upset with you? There were some people going, what, they, they kept confusing, and I'm going, I'm not saying that winning isn't the most important thing. I start every sentence with saying winning is number one, then we worry about everything else. But we examine as the week goes on. I'm, I'm taking a, I thought everyone that was coming before that week started, it was a penny-wise and pound-foolish take, right? To be like, oh, I just want the win, and if Deshaun doesn't look good, he'll get good. I thought that was a little, like, eh, you need him to look good. I think JP has this right. Yes, winning is the most important thing at all costs. I just went on a rant about how impressed I was that Kevin Stefanski proved he isn't as stubborn as we maybe thought he was. He can adjust on the fly. And in a game where you just needed points and you just needed to get out of there alive, he adjusted the offense. He stopped taking the deep shots. He started using Deshaun's legs. And guess what? The Browns got out of there with a win and a much-needed game to start the season on, on, the, on the right foot. That is the most important thing. But at some point, yes, we can't make excuses for Deshaun. We can't sit here and say, well, it's the weather. There's going to be bad weather in Cleveland. He came here. He knew that. Obviously, we'd like to have a dome where he doesn't have to worry about it as much. But he does, that's not the reality right now. So, yeah, at some point, Deshaun has to look better. At some point, he has to look like the guy you invested three first-round draft picks in to trade and $130 million or $230 million guaranteed in a contract. It's okay that he didn't week one. I said it. There's probably still some rust there. I can live with that. But down the stretch of the season, man, he better have his act together. We can't be, we can't be doing the same, is he or isn't he, five weeks from now that we're doing right now. All right. We go to the afternoon show where they played a clip, which you'll hear in the segment here, from J.J. Watt talking about Miles Garrett's hilarious crossover against the Bengals last week. 
when you're doing a crossover move like that before the play starts, that is the definition of in the zone. I know the feeling. I know that I've never done a crossover before a play in my life, but I know the feeling of thinking I can literally do anything I want on this field right now and I'm going to dominate. And that's what he's feeling right there. He's like, screw it. I'm just going to do some crossovers. And the funniest part about it is he showed the offensive lineman the move he was going to do. He literally did a crossover on the center and then just blew right past him. Watch, he takes one step to the left, jabs and then goes around. Like that's, he just, he practiced it for three seconds before the play starts. Like take a hint here, bud. Probably going to get caught with a crossover. So again, that was uh, JJ Watt <laughs> on uh, Miles's crossover. I, it was almost a Euro step. I think what, what, what JJ said about when you're in a system that you love, when you're, when you're surrounded by guys you believe in, when you're in the zone, you just feel like you can't do any wrong. And it's funny because Miles, what is it? He's, I think he's averaging 15 sacks per season the last two years. And to think that he wasn't in the zone those two years, or to think that he didn't have all the things that J.J. was talking about in place there because he had frustrations with Joe Woods that were well chronicled. Like, it's, it's funny. We talk a lot about Miles Garrett and is there more there. Like, if, if that's the miles you're going to get, a guy that, that feels like he can do no wrong, kind of feel like week one might foreshadow an even bigger season than we've expected from miles. When I did my picks and predictions for the season, schedule game, all that, a couple Sundays ago before the season got rolling, it was Labor Day weekend, one of the predictions I gave you, and I admitted that I do this every year in the hope that one year I'll be right, but this year feels like the year I could be right. I said, Miles Garrett, 20-plus sacks, Defensive player of the year. This feels like the year it could happen. It, it, it really, really feels like the year that it could happen. And based off of week one, I I, I love the crossover. It, again, to J.J. Watt's point, that's a guy who's really feeling himself. And it was one of the top five funniest things I've ever seen happen on a football field. Dude who's just that in the zone. He's like, eh, I'm just going to practice my crossover because there's nothing that this guy in front of me can do to stop me from just absolutely annihilating him and getting his quarterback under pressure. It was hilarious. I laughed out loud watching it live. That's definitely a guy who's feeling himself, and if that's a foreshadowing, like Nick said, of the season ahead, man, oh, man, I am I might just be right about this take finally. That audio, by the way, was J.J. Watt on the Pat McAfee show. Just want to clarify. All right, now we go to the midday show. Did the midday show, Baskin and Phelps, start a rumor about Chris Antonetti as the Guardians round out the rest of the season we're all you know prepared for Terry Francona to be gone next year but there are rumors flying out there now that the Red Sox are looking for a general manager Uh, Uh, could that next person up currently be standing in Cleveland you know whose fault this is right no whose is it Jeff's why? Did he bring it up? Oh, he said it loud and clear yesterday the minute Kyle Bloom was uh, no longer a part of the Red Sox organization. He immediately said it out loud. It's all on him. He put that evil you're, into this earth. You're saying that that rumor started here on yeah. this show? Oh, gosh. It was the first thing that that, that jerk said. It was awful. It's horrible. Because, I mean, it offended me. And when you look at the headlines, they say Guardians Chris Antonetti rumored. Could that rumor have actually started out of Jeff Phelps's mouth? It might have. Hmm. Very. Although that, John Morosi, he put that evil into this earth. I love the idea that Jeff Phelps, little old Jeff Phelps, our uh, 
fatherly figure here at the station, the legend that he is, the wholesome being and wholesome person that he is, is the one who started the Chris Antonetti to the Red Sox room. I love that it maybe just started on that show. That show you could use a little controversy in their lives to to, to stir things up and, and be the people who started such a thing. I don't think that's actually true. I think Phelps is just the wise man he is, kind of putting the, reading the tea leaves here, put it all together, and say, yeah, there's probably a possibility that could happen. As the Guardians are in a situation of transition where we assume Tito's done at the end of the year, and it sure looks that way. He's, he has said it without saying it. Why not? Why wouldn't Antonetti maybe be right for the taking for another team? And the Red Sox are right there in the conversation. So I get what he was saying. I get what he was doing. I have more thoughts on this, but I'm not going to give it all away for you here because we're going to do it later in the show. All right, back to the afternoon show. Sort of start talking about where we started at the top of the show. Flipping the script on the Pittsburgh Steelers. But, like, at some point, I can't wait for the day where the Browns have beaten the Steelers enough when it counts to where Steelers fans are no longer in denial and all of a sudden they look at the Browns as a real threat. How long do you think it's going to take to get to that point? Um, is it going to take like years? Is it going to take Deshaun Watson becoming the franchise quarterback? Is it going to take kicking their ass a several, you know, several times in a row? I think any of those things would help. I think you have to cost them something. Like, And I know like you, you cost them a chance. Like, no, I don't think anybody in Pittsburgh in 2020 had had Super Bowl aspirations. Right. Right? Like, I think that was a year where that was at the, the tail end of the, the Ben year and there or the, the Ben era. And I think they knew, like, they were – that they had had some talent-thin rosters and that they were just, by virtue of great coaching from Mike Tomlin and the, and the culture. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think even that loss – or they blame it on, well, it was uh, the pandemic. Like, they blame it – on everything other than what it was, which was a first-rate ass-kicking. Um, I think you need to cost them something real. Or it just needs to be the reverse of what it was for the last 20 years, where it is James Harrison breaking your quarterbacks in half. It is Antonio Brown kicking your punter in the face. Like th- like that level, it's one of those two things will unlock the hate, not just the hatred of Cleveland, but the hatred and fear of the Cleveland Browns. I think you have, in a way, a chance to kind of shatter their reality. What if the thing you cost them is their head coach? Because like I said, they're already talking in Pittsburgh. Like, if they lose Monday night, that conversation spirals out of control. It's, oh, is this the year that it finally breaks and they move on from Tomlin and they change things up? What do we do with Matt Canada? Dustin asked the question. It's a fair question. What is it going to take to sort of flip the script on the Steelers and have them fear you the way that we have feared the Steelers all these years? I think it's a lot more simple than that. I mean, we, we we talk about overreaction Monday and how we react to week one of the season. We All we need is a little push. We just need a little push to take something wrong with it. We've taken a bunch of narratives this week and wrong with them based on what we saw in week one and the start of week two last night with the Eagles and the Vikings. Like, it doesn't take much. So I tell you what, if the Browns go out and they whoop the Steelers' ass on Monday night the way that uh, one of our callers earlier mentioned – where Tyler, I think it was, who said it was going to be 33-10. to 10, And it's just a, 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 basically a copy and paste of week one, that week one blow it against the 49ers. I think they'll already start to believe that, that they've been surpassed. I do. And I think the fans will start to believe it, and they'll start to actually feel the Browns and realize our team's just not that good. 
Last one for you. We go back to the morning show. Ken and JP normally on this show with you. And they had an exchange with Andy. I tell you what, it's Hot Take Friday. Usually we reserve that for the night show when I'm filling in. But Andy was was firing off the hot takes bright and early this morning. How about you'll never guess what they have to say about the Browns when you listen to the In the Huddle podcast on the free Odyssey app? I have to be truthful, and that's what Jason Lockenforce said. (laughs) They're really going to want to listen now, aren't they? And then Carl Dukes had some other things to say. Put him up! Put him up! All right, that's actually pretty good. That's great, actually. The Carl put him up your Dukes is pretty good. That's a good tease. So, So, have I done my job in promoting the station and the podcast on Odyssey? Owen? Oh, wait. I got to do the do-do-do-do. He doesn't hear you. An Odyssey station. Pavlovi. Thank you. I can't believe that. Goodbye. Thank you for coming in. No, no, no. Thank you. Goodbye. I mean. Real pleasure. Congratulations on all your success. Holy. We're not doing that one. No, 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 no. You know what? I'm, I'm sick and tired of it. I'm, I'm telling you, we're about to, if, if, if no, nah, you know what? I'm not going to say because then he's going to bother me about doing what I was about to say, so I can't do that. I'm tired of being ripped off over here, Andy. Tired I'm tired of the company tired ripping us off. Your mic's back on. Oh, you need okay. to call the, br- the brand manager yeah. over in Pittsburgh and the brand manager in Chicago. I think I actually follow the guy. So I have to do and, your and, and the people in Baltimore. Hey. If, if, how about a little something for the troubles? You can do, you can do coming in hot. You can do, you can do uh, congratulations and all your success. But Tone and me and Owen Double A would like a little something for the troubles. You can send a box of donuts every now and then box if you want donuts. to. She got a box of donuts. No all right, thanks. You tell Parkins over there to take care of it. You're how many say, donuts? Well, I mean, obviously I'm going to have a dozen, and Owen's going to have a dozen, and Anthony will have one. And Double A, I don't even know if he likes donuts. I'll have two. He'll have two. It's double something A free. You two. know Double A's getting on on it if it's I'm something free. I'm just going to say this for the world. No, donuts right. are the most overrated food ever. Well, you just, I mean. It's overrated. Coming in hots at 940. Overrated. Yeah. Coming in hots at 940. Not now. Jake nodded his head. I think he just found his hot food take for the night. What in the world is going on here? I respond to our boss's ridiculous take when we get back. On the fan, Hot Take Friday, different than coming in hot, but Hot Take Friday coming up at 940 here on the night show as well. Bring your hottest takes on food, sports, movies, uh, anything other than political conspiracy theories or fair game. We do it at 940 here on the fan.